0: So one of the books I want to recommend for, I guess, high school kids or something on grit, because this is a year of grit, is this book I read several years ago. Just kind of liked it. I was kind of surprised. But it's called um, There Is No Plan B by Bo Eastman. And Bo Eastman, in case you didn't know, he was a football player. um, And he made this promise when he was a kid that if he ever became a football player, he would give it 100% 100 commitment. He would be the first on the field. So um, he does become a professional football player, and he gets transferred from the Oilers to the 49ers. And um, the first day after the transfer, um, he goes out in the field. He's the first one there. He shows up an hour early, and holy cow, looks over. And Jerry Rice is already there working out. Jerry Rice, who's probably the best football player ever. Um, and he was shocked and he kind of thought the best football player ever is already working out. Shouldn't like a lesser player be showing up early. Um, but he said, um, when they're practicing, uh, like he said, like, um, there's 16 receivers lined up and Joe Montana is there. And he just, glides the football to him. They run out, they catch it, and then they, you know, saunter back. And then Bo, um, Jerry, Jerry Rice gets up and he, bam, just goes full out. And Joe Montana just puts some spice on it and throws the ball to him, catches it. Then when he catches a ball, he turns around and he runs 100 yards right into the end zone. And so Bo is thinking, well, what the heck was that? Where's he going? And then he runs back. And this happens a couple times. So he says to Jerry Leif, uh, yeah, wh- wh- why do you do that? <laughs> and uh, Jerry Rice says, oh, cause I made this promise. When a ball touches these hands, this body will end up in the end zone. Um, love it. Uh, and so he said, no, I made this commitment that I would. And he said, um, I just want to get this. He said, I made this promise. And he said, there is no excuses. There is no accidents. Never, ever, ever, ever. The only thing that exists is commitment. I love that. Um, and here's the thing. Like Bo said, he thought he was committed. Jerry, Jerry Rice was much more. Jerry Rice, his intense commitment turned up um, Bo's commitment. But Bo says, it didn't just turn up my commitment on football. It turned up my commitment on being a better husband. Turned up my commitment on my family. It turned up all my commitment. And he says, if I ever turn down the volume on commitment, that's on me. And like, it's a great book for that. There is no plan B. And this sounds kind of strange. Your commitment only turns up my volume. Your lack of commitment—I shouldn't pick on you. Your lack of commitment. Um, You know we affect each other. Let's turn up the commitment. But he's right. There's no excuses. Never, ever, ever. The one thing we have sometimes is commitment. And he makes this great analogy, and I like this: that there's a difference between even if commitment or as long as commitment. And so as long as commitment, or as people who say, well. I'll be committed as long as I'm happy, as long as you pick up your dishes, you know. um, But, you know, as long as commitments, they don't last as long. Um, And just going off on this, there's this great psychologist. Anything he writes is inspirational. His name is Dan Gilbertson. And uh, he's this positive psychologist, but he was doing all this research on commitment. And oddly enough, what they found out is... um, if you wanna have a happy life, you have to make commitment. People who make commitments end up happier in life. But here's the bizarre part. People who make commitment do end up happier, but they also have more hardships because <laughs> commitment demands a lot, but you end up happier. And he's going over all this research that basically if you make a, a, as long as commitment, you will never end up at happy. You won't suffer much, but you'll never end up at happy. And at this point, he said, he's a young man. He's living with the love of his life, but they don't need a piece of paper to show that they're in love. So they're just living together. And after this, like the overwhelming evidence, he goes home and he says, honey, we are getting married. (laughs) And she says, I thought you said we didn't need a piece of commitment, a piece of paper. She said, no, no, I want all the world to know I'm a hundred percent committed to you. Isn't that great? but he's right. If you make your commitment as long as you'll be free from a lot of suffering, but you'll never reach happy. And then there's even if commitment, even if there's cancer or poverty or hardship, I am going to show up. Uh, I'm going to show up. And like the one character in the old Testament who really has us that I love is Ruth. Do you know the story of Ruth? Where Ruth, um, she's not, Hebrew. But she marries this uh, Hebrew, Jewish guy, and he dies. And then her mother-in-law is going to go back to Israel. And uh, she says to Ruth, Ruth, you can't go. You don't understand. I'm poor. I have absolutely nothing. I'll have to beg for money. And then nobody will like you. You're not an Israelite. They'll, They'll persecute you. They will not accept you in this long thing. And then Ruth gives this great speech of, that's all? I will suffer poverty. I'll suffer hatred. But where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people and my God, your God will be my God. I will never give up. And Ruth is one of the few women in the Old Testament who's called a Goel, uh, which is, I know I've spoken of that before. Goel is like St. Michael, somebody who's just born with more steel. They will never give up. Ruth is a symbol uh, symbol of commitment, of even if. That's the worst that will happen. I will never give up. Um, And so I know this sounds kind of strange. I mention this because the definition of religion, I hate when people confuse religious with being polite or nice. How about religion? And this is true. Religion is about commitment. Um, Religion, yeah, is about grit, that... We will keep this promise to God and each other even if the worst happens. We will never give up. Um, So religion is about turning up our commitment to love, forgiveness, God, each other, service. We will not ever, ever turn it down. And so the um, the parable that Jesus gives is this great parable. They have two sons. One son, the father says, go work in the vineyard. And the son says, you betcha. Of course, he never does any work. The other son, I don't know why, the second son's always obnoxious. Um, uh, The father says, go work in the vineyard. And the son says, no, I won't. But ends up doing the work of the vineyard. And the vineyard is religion. The fruit of the vineyard, this is in the Old Testament, is Love and forgiveness and compassion—it's um, the way, it, way. So the second son ends up doing it, and he's given this this a parable to the Pharisees, and he says, "You know, John the Baptist preached, and the, the tax collectors and the prostitutes—they changed. So you know, the tax collectors and prostitutes say they said no to God, but they end up changing and working in the vineyard. So." Like you have to understand, tax collectors and prostitutes are on the very bottom of what's considered holiness. The Pharisees consider themselves the very top. Pharisees never helped anybody, no social justice, no caring for the poor, but they would let you know how religious they are. And so it would have really stung when Jesus says, let me tell you, tax collectors and prostitutes and pickleball players, they're getting into the kingdom of God before you. Um, I mean, they were the worst. So, like, the point being is that Jesus' harshest criticism in the Bible is always to those who claim to be religious, but they never do the work of religion, of love, of forgiveness, of service. And the point is, talk is cheap. Now, this is a big point in the Gospel of Matthew. Talk is cheap. You can talk about love, but if nobody ever sees you doing the work of love... It's more of an insult to God. Um, just being sweet and kind and polite doesn't mean you're doing the work of God. That's just smoozing. Um, so this parable is given actually on Palm Sunday when Jesus is about to die. So this is towards the end of the Gospel of Matthew. And it's just when he's had the arguments with the religious leaders who they love. The religious leaders love the great show. Ever see them do any work. And I have to say, like, I met some priests in my life. Like, I know one priest who, God bless him, um, he preached a lot about love. But if you were sick and dying in the hospital, he would rather watch TV. You know, a lot of talk about love, but never any sacrifice. I, like, changing Dan Gilbertson's uh, study, I just think without commitment, not only do you not reach happy, you don't reach holy. And so, um, like, in Matthew, uh, the Gospel of Matthew, love and faith are verbs. So, like, think about the last judgment, of Matthew. Um, people say, "Lord, Lord, you know us. We preached you." And Jesus will say, "I tell you, I've I've never met you. When I was hungry, you did not feed me. When I was thirsty, you did not drink. It was just all talk." And so, think about this: What would be a definition of religion? The definition of religion is is making a commitment. The parable is given because the kingdom of God looks like people of great grit, like Ruth or Bo Eastman or Jerry Rice, people of great commitment who don't give up. And so in baptism, we make this commitment to Christ. Then week after week, we come to the Eucharist because we are turning up the commitment. So there is no plan B. We will do the work of love and justice and caring for others in our marriages, everything. There is no plan B. The more you turn up your commitment somehow, like Bo Eastman, my commitment turns up. So we gather together, share in the Eucharist. So week after week after week, we become a gritty people. Um, The point being is that there is no plan B. We will give it our, our, all we'll say yes. And do the work in the vineyard. Hello, this is father Len McMillan. I'd like to take a moment to thank you for listening to our podcast. If they've been a blessing to you, I'd also like to invite you to prayerfully discern, supporting the podcast financially. Your generosity would help support the ongoing production and distribution of the podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, You can simply click the link in the podcast description. Be sure to tell us your donation is for the podcast in the comment section of the submission form. Again, thank you for your support as we seek to share the good news of the gospel. May God bless you for your generosity.